listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Goldseth. It is a good day. I'm excited. We have a fun guest that I don't get to talk to. You, Sarah, gets to talk to all the time, like every <laughs> I month. I do. But, uh, <laughs> I'm excited to uh, to share a story with you from the Lutheran Witness, the uh, the online version of the Lutheran Witness. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to share that story. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for your support of the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, Joining Rachel, us today Bomberger. Rachel Bomberger. She's a writer, editor, home educator, mom, wife to U.S. Navy chaplain and co-host of the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. Rachel, welcome to the Coffee Hour. Thank you, Andy. It's so good to be here. Share with us, you have been, you were also former editor of the uh, the Lutheran Witness. And so uh, the last couple of years, moving around a little bit and adjusting to a new life as Navy chaplain's wife. Tell us about your experience with military life prior to your husband becoming a, a chaplain. And, and uh, you share in your article online uh, a little bit about his graduation from officer development school. Tell us about your experience with military life prior to this. Well, you know, I thought I knew what it was all about. My dad actually served in the army um, in the nineties for a few years. And so I, I thought I had the drill. I was an expert. Um, turned out I, I wasn't, you know, for a number of reasons, my experience then was very different than my experience now and that we we never lived on base my dad never deployed because it was those years between the gulf war and um 9-11 um and there were a lot of aspects of military life that i never quite experienced then the way that i have now um so you know i came in it came into military life with a, a bit of a, a cocky attitude of like, oh, yeah, I, I, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> and then I found out I was wrong. I'm still learning. So then how would you describe your transition to Navy life with your family? That's been uh, it's been a couple. It's been a couple years already. Um, we've been in about 18 months now. OK. Um, and it, it has. It has been a, a rather huge transition both in terms of geography we obviously picked up and moved from uh st louis we're now in norfolk virginia um and but also in terms of culture because the as we all know the the lutheran church missouri synod has its own subculture that is very (laughs) something that after you know 10 years of of parish life um we knew the ropes there pretty well, but coming into the military, there's all sorts of lingo and jargon and traditions and wear this and don't wear this and lots of lots of things that they don't necessarily uh, teach you. (laughs) (laughs) Even if there was a military spouse orientation, then there is, I just haven't had time to attend it yet. But there are things that you just have to learn as you go. And we are learning and it's been an exciting exciting journey so far, but definitely an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bringing, bringing you as a, as a new uh, Navy wife and then your kiddos, having to, to bring them along to uh, so many new traditions and new experiences, uh, which I'm sure some of them are, are a little odd, but some of them can be really cool too and, and can maybe open your eyes to new, new things and new ways of thinking about uh, what we do in our daily lives as as Christians as well. One of those traditions is 
colors. Can you describe what this tradition is? So uh, this is a um, a brief ceremony that happens uh, when uh, on a military base in the morning and in the evening when the flag is raised for the day and when it is lowered then at the end of the day. And I'm not going to, again, I never lived on base as an, as an army child, um, but I can, I can describe how it happens in the Navy um, since I am currently living on base. And it's really, really cool the way they do this. Now, only once have I actually been in a position to see the flag, the official <laughs> flag of the base being raised or lowered, um, because most of the time you aren't within, you know, uh, a seeing distance of this, but you can hear it because there are loudspeakers scattered all around the base. Think, you know, your basic tornado siren type setup. Um, but so in the morning, the flag is raised at 8 a.m. and at 7.55, they give you uh, an it's coming. <laughs> they, they briefly sound reveille, um, which everyone recognizes from the movies. And that's your signal that colors is coming in five minutes. Now for me, that's is some people when they hear that they go inside because if you're inside, you don't have to observe colors in the same way. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and for me, sometimes on a very hot day, if I was out say for a run or a walk, I would scurry to try and find a pavilion or something uh, somewhere where I wasn't wasn't quite so out in the out in the bright sunshine. And then five minutes later, right at eight o'clock. Uh, they sound the attention, which is a very short trumpet flourish. And then here comes a full Star Spangled Banner. The national anthem plays as somewhere on base, the flag is raised. And at this point, everything stops. If you are out on that jogging trail, everyone stops jogging, gets <laughs> off their bikes if they're on a bike, and if you can see a flag, you turn to face the flag. If you're in uniform, you salute the flag. Um, if you're not in uniform, you either stand at attention or put your hand on your heart. If you can't see the flag, you face where you think the music is coming from. <laughs> Something to get you turned in the direction of the, the main event. And you just stand and listen. Uh, and when it ends, there's another flourish, the carry-on that says, okay, we're done now, <laughs> go on about your day. And then everything unfreezes and people go back to what they're doing. Um, and then in the evening, the same thing happens, not at any set time, but whenever sunset is. So colors keeps moving back and back this fall as we, <laughs> as we, um, you know, get closer to daylight savings time. And for me, I use it as a, you know, a signal to my kids. You can, you can stay out playing with your friends until after colors, and then you have to come in for the evening. Um, and in the evening, instead of the national anthem, there's this beautiful song, Evening Colors, and I wish I could, you know, sing it for you, but I can't remember quite all the notes. But if you, if you Google Evening Colors, you can find a a Navy band playing it much better than I could. <laughs> but that's the sound when the flag is lowered. 
Um, this tradition is really, I, I didn't, the first time I encountered it, I had no idea what was going on. We were just so new to the, to the life. Um, and I, I tell about this in the article that my husband and I, the, the kids and I had gone out to, to visit him, uh, for a long weekend during his training in Rhode Island and evening colors started playing. We were walking back across base with arms full of groceries to like make peanut butter sandwiches in our hotel room. And he just drops his bags and stands there listening. And I'm like, um, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I'll just follow your cue and we'll talk about this later because this is strange. <laughs> And then afterwards, you know, I said, what was that? And he said, it's colors. I'm like, well, what's colors? He said, uh, I don't know. It's just colors. Someone explained to me that, you know, it's a, it's a good time to stop and think about the people who have come before you, who have maybe gone and not come back, um, or the people who are out serving in harm's way at this moment. Um, just a moment to show your respect for them and for the flag that they are serving. So that's, I, I did a little bit more research into the history, but there's not a ton of, um, not a ton of information available. Like so many traditions, everyone knows that we do it and everyone sort of knows why we do it, but they don't, it, getting getting the, so when did this start and what's the what's the official, that's a little, little trickier to come by. <laughs> <laughs> So your your first experience was a unique one. You didn't really have an opportunity to learn about it from your husband before your first experience with it. But it sounds like a tradition that um, unites everyone who makes up that community. There's this common thread through everyone in the community and, and, and why you serve, why they serve uh, together. And this is a, a, a tradition, a practice that, that, um, helps express or unite everyone in that that shared um, mission, that, that shared purpose, I guess. Was there anything familiar about this tradition when you experienced it the first time? Well, I mean, it, it, in the movies, you, you see, you know, the Reveille is very, very popular and everyone knows Taps. You know, taps is played at, at military funerals. So I knew that there was a history of using uh, trumpet flourishes and um, music to signal various parts and aspects of military life. And, and there's a long history of music being a thing that coordinates action. Um, in the, in the military, and of course, we're very familiar with this in church, you know, the the uh, the organ plays and you stand, you know, you hear the Kyrie and you stand, you hear the end of something and you sit, that there's a, there the music is used as stage direction for everybody. <laughs> and yes, you're right, to unite us together. And the same is most definitely true in the military. Um, Obviously, colors was something that I did not uh, get right away and felt very strange to me the first few times. Um, still does. Sometimes it's a little awkward <laughs> to just stop what you're doing and stand 
stock still and listen to music and wait till it's over. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm getting used to it. And I think just like when you're going to church the first few times, if you've never, if you've never been a, a church goer, there are certain aspects of that that feel very strange until you get used to them. But I'm, I'm adjusting and it's good. And we'll learn more about those adjustments and how colors has become a part of your daily life. Uh, you're talk we're talking with Rachel Bomberger on the coffee hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. How do we love our neighbor on the internet? Why are the creeds so important? What does it mean to practice Christian hospitality? Questions like these are answered in every edition of The Lutheran Witness, the monthly magazine of the LCMS. The Lutheran Witness can help you interpret the world from a Lutheran Christian perspective by providing reliable, biblical reflections on the issues that you care about the most. Get your free issue at cph.org witness. That's cph.org witness. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. And today we're talking with Rachel Bomberger. She's a writer, editor, home educator, mom, wife to U.S. Navy chaplain, and co-host of the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast here on KFUO. She has written a fantastic article in the Lutheran Witness, the uh, the online uh, edition of Lutheran Witness. You can find it at witness.lcms.org. And uh, Praying Colors, Morning and Evening is the article we're discussing today. And before we went to break, Rachel, we're talking about how Colors has uh, was fairly, was totally new to you um, in making your transition to military life as a U.S. Navy chaplain's wife. And now, uh, and you share this in your story, that it has become a part of your day because you're a part of this community, Navy life and, uh, and the Naval community. But what are some things that you wrestled with this becoming a part of your daily life? One of the, one of the most obvious is um, seeing how, well, I mean, I love that people are so enthusiastic about it. Even the smallest children on base will like, if they're, riding their bikes or jumping on trampolines, they'll just stop. And when the colors is sounded, they'll stand at attention, they'll, they'll pay their respects. And this is even people, and often especially people who don't have other religious commitments in their life, that for them, the military provides the kind of uh, structure and, and uh, categories of virtue that for me, 
those come from the word of God and from my connection to the church that for me, the military stuff is always second to my faith. Um, and seeing people who don't have that faith, uh, the way that they observe, I would say religiously, the customs and traditions of military life sometimes, sometimes gives me pause because, uh, it does have religious overtones. The idea of respect for the flag can feel very much like rev the reverence that we give to God alone. And in this way, the colors, <laughs> as cool as it is, has sometimes made me raise a little eyebrow because it, it sounds to me very much, um, I don't know if you've ever seen or heard either in traveling or, or in, in videos, what the Muslim called prayer sounds like. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what it sounds like when you're summoned to uh, salute the flag during colors. Um, or you could be brought to mind the um, church bells that still call out the daily hours, especially in European churches. This is a call to prayer. Bells still are chiming and calling. Well. <laughs> the the colors summons reminds me very much of that and of course that that doesn't always leave me feeling very comfortable about the practice because um i don't do religious things to anything but god so how does this work so how have you made that a part of your life well i've been i've been sort of wrestling with this for um a number of weeks earlier this summer um, you know, after we had made the move into base housing and suddenly this wasn't something that I could ignore. It was a, a practice that is, it is a, as you said before the break, Andy, it's a united thing. We do this. And if I'm part of we, that means I do this. And it's a wonderful unifying thing. All these customs, all these traditions, they really do create a kind of a, a culture and esprit de corps that is so essential for the functioning of a military unit. You've got to be part of the we. Um, and if we do this, we do this. So I had been wrestling with this for a while and then it suddenly occurred to me, what if I were to actually genuinely regard this as a call to prayer? not as a call to worship the flag, but as a call to pray for our country. Um, because as we all know, our country really needs prayer, <laughs> needs, <laughs> needs God working in and through everything we do. Um, and I don't know about you, but for every minute I spend praying for the country, I spend, you know, probably a hundred minutes brooding over it, um, worrying, fretting, arguing, researching. I, I'm a news junkie, you know, <laughs> and how much time and energy do I spend on our nation that is not taking things to prayer, to God in prayer. And so once as soon as it occurred to me oh well here's 90 seconds in the morning and in the evening 
where if you're outdoors, you're going to have to be standing still, uh, engaging in some sort of reverie, that why not use this as a prompt to pray? And so that's what I started started doing. And I, I sort of divided up that in the morning when the national anthem is playing, I use that as a time to lift up the nation in prayer. And I don't, I in, in saying this, I don't mean to say that I think that our nation deserves more prayer or, or more of my attention than the rest of the world. Um, because so, so often in our prayers, we pray for the peace of the whole world. We pray for the unity of the church of God, not only in America, but all around the world. And so most of my prayers are global, but the prayers, you know, that come during colors are very specifically for our nation. So in the morning, I pray for our nation. Um, and sometimes these are our prayers of um, asking for God's blessing, his mercy, his forgiveness, because goodness knows we screw things up uh, <laughs> and have for a long time. We don't always get it all right. and we We need that that grace. Um, and then in the evening, my prayers are specifically for service members, for the sailors that my husband has been called to serve, um, for those who are in harm's way, for those who are suffering from loneliness, from despair, from anxiety, from, I mean, the military is a place where a lot of people are struggling with spiritual and mental health issues at any given time. Um, and that's one of the, one of the things that, that chaplains are especially called to do is to serve, um, to serve service members who are often young, who are often uh, displaced from the communities that have always nurtured them, who are often separated from their loved ones and having to do very hard things in very hard places. And so in the evening, if I'm outside when colors comes on, you better believe I'm praying for service members and for their families um, because we all need that grace. <laughs> so that's how I, I, I have in my own mind reconciled what was originally, you know, a minor tension point in my faith life, that I salute the flag, but I do so even as I'm kneeling before the throne of God in prayer, and I bring the flag to heaven um, as I do so. So you've certainly made this tradition your own as a, a time of prayer. How has this tradition of colors, in a sense, shaped you, your family? How's it, has it made you more a part of the naval community? You know, I think, I think it has. Um, it's all these little things, little <laughs> things that make up a community life together. Uh, last year, we lived out uh, off base. And, you know, we... We knew that we were part of the Navy, but it was easier to sort of do as I had done last when I was a teenager with my dad in the Army. It was just dad's job, you know, 
He gets up in the morning, he goes to work, he comes back, and we have our life that revolves around school and church and neighborhood and all of that. But there's something about living on base that has really uh, driven home that it isn't just dad's job. It isn't just a job, that it is a life, it is a community, it is a culture, and everyone in the family is part of that. Um, so yeah, my kids know all about colors and they know why they do it. They know, uh, that there's no squirming, there's no whispering, there's no <laughs> goofing off when the national anthem is playing. And I think that's a very good thing that they are part of this, that they are part of the, we do this, um, that that includes them. Uh, so yeah, does that answer your question, I guess? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so grateful that you found this, uh, found a way to make this a, a time of prayer for you uh, as well. And I have to say that the title of your article drew me in. I was trying to figure out if you were praying like liturgical colors, what exactly, <laughs> praying colors morning and evening. Uh, so it's a great article. You can find it at witness.lcms.org. Uh, Rachel Bomberger, writer, editor, home educator, mom, wife to U.S. Navy chaplain and co-host of the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast here on KFUO. Rachel, thank you so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Thank you, Andy. It's been so good to talk to you. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.